All right, Luke chapter number two, Luke chapter number two, and as I've mentioned to you uh, last week and again this morning, there are two or four songs found in Luke chapter one and Luke chapter two, and thus far we've looked at three of the songs of praise uh, that we find in Luke one and Luke two, and tonight we're going to look at the fourth uh, song and perhaps the uh, one <coughs> most um, Reference during this time of the year in Luke chapter number two, and certainly look forward to uh, being reminded of some wonderful, wonderful truths. Um, the, certainly, the main event uh, this in Luke chapter number two is the birth of our Savior. But hopefully, as we've seen in these other songs, there's so many other details uh, in this passage of Scripture uh, that the obvious hand of God and the move of God and the supernatural work of God. Uh, that took place before uh, the, the arrival of the Lord Jesus. And let us never forget that the, the hand of God is always working. When you think of your own salvation, you think of when you put your faith and trust in Christ, God had been working some things into place so that you would hear that plan of salvation. Uh, circumstances even took place in your life that might have made you more receptive, uh, might have softened your heart. Uh, and God is always working. He's still working this day we live in. And certainly Christ is still the answer. Uh, Luke chapter number 2, my, my Christmas present to you is how short the message is going to be sometime in the future. And so uh, Luke chapter number 2, uh, beginning with verse number 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We find in verse number 14, the angel's song of praise. Now I want to remind you that the angels have been singing a song of praise to our Lord since God himself created them. As the scripture tells us for all of eternity, the angels will be praising the Lord. And guess what? We'll be there with them praising the Lord for all of eternity. So tonight I want to put the focus on the angels' song of praise. Uh, as we look at these truths tonight, they will be very similar to the truths that we've already seen this morning in Mary's song of praise last Sunday morning in Zacharias' song of praise, last Sunday night in Simeon's song of praise. Because when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the same truths uh, uh, reign supreme. Always come to the surface, the love of God for man, the redemption of man, the hope of salvation in man. And friend, you and I cannot be reminded too many times of our salvation. You and I cannot be reminded too many times of why we have salvation. It's because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I trust tonight, uh, as we look at these truths, we'll be reminded of how good God has been to us and, and who we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray that uh, you would use the time remaining, the message we have, uh, the message you have prepared for us tonight. And Father, may we once again 
be reminded of who we have in Christ. Father, I pray that there's one in the service tonight or perhaps watching by live stream or listening by radio who is yet to put their faith in Christ. May tonight be their day of salvation. May they realize during this wonderful time of year, <coughs> as all the focus is on Him, uh, may they realize their need of a Savior, put their faith and trust in what Christ has done. Father, I pray that as your children tonight, Christians would be encouraged and uh, we would be reminded of what we have in our salvation. May it give us boldness and confidence and a renewed uh, reminder of, of our purpose of telling others about uh, our Savior. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to Luke chapter number 2, as is often referred to as the Christmas story, I want to remind us uh, with a quick review of perhaps the other songs that we've looked at, but certainly Luke chapter number 1 and the, and the things that have taken place to get us to Luke chapter number 2. Certainly, the birth of our Savior. If we were to uh, continue reading, we would know that uh, we know that the, the baby has been born, Christ has been born, and God has put everything in place. From the foundation of the world, God had planned this day. From the fa- Before the world was ever crafted, God knew that man would reject him, that man would fall because of sin, and that man would need a Savior. Uh, he had planned all of this. The Old Testament prophets, the prophecies that they proclaimed of the coming Messiah, the coming Savior, uh, those men stepped on the scene at the exact time that God created them for that purpose. Uh, they were born in the exact day that God intended for them to be born uh, so that they could give the message that God intended for them to give. In many cases, I'm not even sure uh, the men who gave them understood the magnitude of what they were saying. They knew it was important because it was from God. They knew it was important because of the message. Uh, but friend, they would give that prophecy of the Savior that would come uh, in the lineage of David, that promise uh, that had been made that the Savior would come through the lineage of David and how that lineage, and you can track that lineage from King David all the way to the Lord himself. All of those things have been put into place. In Luke chapter number 1, the priest Zacharias is fulfilling his priestly duty, his priestly responsibility, a faithful man, a godly man, a good man, a faithful servant of the Lord. He and his wife Elizabeth had, had not been able to have a child. They were uh, older. They were, uh, she had been barren. The angel Gabriel comes to him and tells him that he's going to have a child. And you think back to that story as we looked at it and, and, and all that he's taking in. And, and he begins to give excuses of why that can't happen. And the angel told him, you'll not be able to speak until the child is born as a sign that this is of God. And, of course, we know how that played out, that certainly John would be born, was born, because God had prepared a forerunner to announce that the Savior for the world had come. Every detail was put into place. Mary, as we were reminded of this morning, was visited by the same angel. And she was told that she had found favor in the sight of God. And that she would fulfill, she'd be part of the fulfilled prophecy. And she would give birth to the Christ child. And 
that even though she had never known a man, that child would be conceived of the Holy Ghost of God, fulfilling what the prophets had prophesied. She was willing to certainly serve the Lord in that whatever capacity, made herself available to God. We saw this morning the conversation between cousins as they talked of the children that God had blessed them with. All the details that God had put together. We have the maid, Mary, who was in the lineage. We have this exact time in history that the Lord had planned for the Savior to come. We have the forerunner. We have John coming on the scene and Elizabeth expecting child just enough ahead of the Lord so that forerunner would be prepared to announce that that redemption is here. It's time to repent for the, for the Son of Man is, is here. All of that had taken place. The prophets had prophesied that not only would the child come, born of a virgin, of the lineage of David, but the prophets prophesied of where the child would be born. How could God get Mary to Bethlehem. Well, in verse number one, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Well, it was time for the census to be done. It was time for the taxes to be paid. I used to joke that Caesar Augustus was a Democrat, but now he could have been a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, taxing the people. All of these details that sometimes we overlook, they were planned. God knew Caesar Augustus would be in control. He knew of the exact uh, timing of everything. I think of this time when God was ready to make the announcement as we read of in, in our text this evening, verses 8 through 14, is all of these details. If, and, and, and I've just spent just a few moments speaking of some how God put all these details in place for the exact time that now God is going to make an announcement. He is going to announce that prophecies have been fulfilled, that, that the Christ child has been born, redemption has come to man. I think of those shepherds and abiding in the field. I think of those fields. I think of a few years ago when some of us were able to go to Israel and we on the, on the tour was the fields of Ruth and Boaz. And I think of those fields, and you know the story of Ruth and Boaz and how Ruth would pick up those handfuls on purpose and Boaz would be her kinsman redeemer in that picture of the fact that the Son of God, the, the Savior of the world would, would redeem us. And then as it all begins to come together on those same fields, the, the, the little boy David would have watched his sheep. He would have, that shepherd boy, and he would have watched, and somewhere in that region, you're thinking the, 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 great, the great grandfather of David, and now David, and he's watching the sheep, and somewhere he killed a lion, and somewhere he killed a bear, and it was there. And then fast forward a little bit later, now there's shepherds are watching over their fields by night. The angel of the Lord 
came upon them. Those shepherds were just doing what the shepherds did day in and day out. But now an angel appears to make an announcement. And he tells them to fear not. I'm not sure how much of that they believed when he said fear not. He said, because I am here to bring you good tidings of great joy. I've got good news. This angel announces the birth of our Savior. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. This is how you'll know, you'll find this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. All of the details had come to this point. All that God had put into place, now the Christ child has been born. You think of the significance of this. You think of the details. For just a moment, put yourself in the place of these shepherds. And, these, and what a wonderful picture again for us as we, we looked at this morning and how God chose somebody that society would not even think twice about, somebody that society would overlook, and somebody who was of low estate in society. And he used, that, used the maid Mary to, to do such an important task, and she's elevated. Why? Because of the Son of God. And how no matter where we come from and what walks of life we come from, we have a Savior that didn't just come for the elite, if you will. He didn't just come for those that were born at the right time, the right place, and the right circumstance. He came for the, to be the Savior of the world. And here are these lowly shepherds that God chose to make this announcement to. He didn't go to the scribes. To make the announcement. He didn't go to the Pharisees to make the announcement. He went to those shepherds. He said, I want you to know that a Savior has been born. I like these two words in verse 13. And suddenly. I've tried to imagine this. Use your imagination with me, if you will. I'll tell you what to use it for in just a moment. But you're sitting on that hillside, and an angel of the Lord has appeared. The glory of the Lord shone about him. Now, Scripture's telling us that fact for us to know it, but it also reminds us that because the glory of the Lord shone around this angel, those shepherds knew that was an angel of the Lord. They knew that God had sent a message declares the Savior has been born. Now think about this. These shepherds, no doubt, knew of the, the Old Testament prophecies. They knew of the time when the Savior was going to be born. They didn't know the exact time, but they knew that it was a prophecy. They knew the promise of God. As they are contemplating this, have you ever heard some news or watched something take place and you're like, it's, it's real, but it's not real. I wonder if that's how they were in this situation. And as they are processing this single angel, all of a sudden, look at your Bible, verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. You say, Pastor, how big is a multitude? A lot. More than when you have the Christmas program and you, the multitude is, how many is the multitude? How many kids do you have that can sing? That's the multitude. 
It was more than a multitude. I believe it filled the sky. If you can think of a hillside and how big that sky is. And how, how big it looks up there. I believe that one angel was declaring to them, a Savior has been born. And suddenly, without warning, the skies opened up and it was filled with angels. The multitude of the heavenly host praising God and say, it's almost if behind the curtain. The angels couldn't hold their song anymore. It was almost if behind the curtain, the, those angels of heaven said, it's time for us to give our song of praise. That a Savior has been born. Then we have their saying, it is succinct. It is to the point, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I am certain that when I mentioned these songs and I mentioned that tonight we're going to look at the song of praise of the angels. You might have compared this one little verse to the passages of scripture for these other songs and said, boy, we're going to get out quick tonight. I don't know how pastor can get a sermon out of this simple verse. Well, friends, so far, this is just the introduction. We haven't even got to the sermon yet this evening, but I want us to look at the angel's song of praise. And let me say, uh, first of all, number one, they praise him for redemption. Glory to God. Man's redemption would bring praise to God. How many of you are saved tonight on your way to heaven? Praise God for salvation. You know, when you think about being saved, you think about never having to worry about that horrible place called hell. You think about the burden of sin being taken away because Christ has paid that payment for us. You can't say, praise the church. You can't say, praise the preacher. You can't say, praise the Sunday school teacher. There's only one thing to say, praise God. And those angels are saying, glory to God. Give praise to him for redemption. That is what the Christ child was all about, was about the redemption of man. Their praise is a pra they praise him for redemption. Number two, they praise him from the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Christ came from above. He came from the highest. Now, there's a lot of application you can make there. And it came from the heavens, and we always consider heaven to be in the heavens. But God is so far above us. He is in the highest. And it reminds me that my God didn't come from a stone that came out of the earth. My God isn't some tree that bloomed out of some rock somewhere. That's not my God. I don't look into the clouds and see my God. My God came from the highest. My hope and my salvation and my redemption came from heaven. And what a reminder that God loved us enough to send His Son, but that Christ would leave His throne in heaven and come to this lowly earth. So that man can be redeemed. He came from above. Redemption will bring men to the highest. Well, you think about lowly man. 
this earth. Boy, the damnation that man deserves, and if they reject Christ, they have coming. What a sober thought to think that God would send his son to redeem man, and man would reject his son. The message is the same today that any man who would receive Christ can have forgiveness of their sins. They can be redeemed and have a way back to God. Otherwise, they can't get back to God. But oh, because of our salvation, we have redemption. Can I tell you, as I preach this morning, the time is coming when Jesus is coming back. He is going to call the redeemed home to be with him. What a wonderful, wonderful time that is. But if it's not the Lord's plan to do it in my lifetime and your lifetime, we'll take our last breath on this side of eternity. Let me tell you where I'm going. I'm going to the highest. Because I'm going to be with my Savior in the highest. My Savior doesn't come from among us. Hey, he identified with us, but the Lord Jesus Christ came from the portals of glory. He came from heaven himself. He came from the throne that he has sat on. He's sitting on tonight. It's in the highest. Boy, can you imagine the angels' view of these events? These angels would never need redemption. They would understand They do understand who they were singing praises of. As man who needed redemption, we praise him for the highest. Number three tonight, and aren't you proud of me for moving so quickly? We praise him for possible peace. And on earth, peace. Now, let me just preface that just because you hashtag peace on your social media account does not mean this world is having peace. Let's make peace go viral. Okay, good luck with that. But the angels remind us as they sang their song of praise, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. I want you to think about something. We talked about this in our Sunday school lesson this morning a good bit. There's peace in heaven. There's no conflict in heaven. The one time in history Satan tried to take up heaven, he was, very, he was dealt with very quickly. There's no peace in heaven. There's no, there's no, well, let's debate on whether or not there's a God. There's no debate in heaven. There's no conflict in heaven. And friend, conflict on this earth could cease because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And certainly when he comes and establishes his throne, we will have peace because every knee shall bow. We could have world peace today, but every knee would have to bow. That's why peace will come, and it'll come when King Jesus takes his right. See, I'm not worried about Republicans getting reinstated. I'm waiting for King Jesus to come take his rightful place on this earth. But praise him. They praise him for possible peace. Because Jesus has come, men could have peace with God. Oh, our, I wish we would be, get a hold of the fact that our sin is worse than we think it is. 
You know how bad everybody else's sin is? Oh, it's our sin that separated us from God. It's our sin that sends us to hell. Any man that goes to hell, it'll be because he rejects Christ. And it won't be his mama's sin that sent him there. It won't be his best bud's friend sin that sent him there. It'll be his own sin and his rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But man could have peace with God, that redemption plan, the way back to God. There's nothing man could do to get back to God. And I remind you of the words of Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We're also reminded there's one mediator between God and man. is not the Pope. It's Christ Jesus. It ain't a Catholic man. It ain't a Baptist man. It ain't whatever kind of man. It's only the Lord Jesus Christ. But because of that, man can have peace with God. Oh, what a scary thought. I'll not take time to read the scripture there, but to read of that great white throne of judgment. A man who rejects Christ, the day is going to come when they will stand before the judge. And there'll be no worrying about getting canceled on social media then. There'll be no worry about what's popular and unpopular as they stand before the Almighty and give an account of their sins. They'll know no peace. But friend, the only thing that separates us from those that will be there is the Lord Jesus Christ. What a song that angelic choir sang as they sing, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Now man could have peace with God. What a wonderful thought. Man can also have peace with himself. A sin burden is a heavy burden to carry. It's a heavy burden to carry. You remember what it was like to carry that burden before you put your faith and trust in Christ? Well, I can't tell you how many times I've heard testimony, something like this, as they, that person bows their head, but more importantly, that heart, by faith, believes all in one moment that Jesus was the Son of God. He lived a sinless life. That I could never get to God myself. But I'll put my faith and trust in the shed blood of Christ, the finished work of Calvary, how Christ conquered death and hell. And the best I know how my faith is in that, that moment, that heart puts that faith. Boy, the testimony of, I don't know, I just feel different. It's not a feeling that saves you, but when you're saved, you feel it. And the burden that is lifted and rolls away, sin is a heavy burden. There are men who could sleep at night if they would trust Christ as their Savior. They could live with themselves. I am convinced. I might not can convince you, but I am convinced that if man would make, would accept Jesus Christ and accept the plan of salvation, they wouldn't need the vices of this world to numb them and callous them and make them forget. A lot of times they say, well, I'm miserable. And, and, and this is something that I don't, I'm not trying to go down this road tonight, but there's a lot of mental, mental illness that would go away. It's the conviction of the Spirit of God, the need of salvation. Man can have peace with himself. You say, Pastor, I don't believe that. Read the story of the maniac of Kadera. 
Once Christ entered the picture, here's a man that could not be bound by men. He could not restrain himself. He could not function. But the moment that he encountered Christ and he was redeemed by the Son of God, he sat at his feet in his right mind. Man can have peace with himself. Man can have peace with men. I taught on this this morning in Sunday school. Boy, the place that everybody ought to get along is church. Well, I just, I just don't know. Well, oh, get, get over yourself. Well, we all got faults. We all got failures. You know, as I was watching everybody fellowship this evening, I didn't see anybody's halo or angel wings. Oh, we're all fallen men that needed Jesus for our salvation. The only thing good about us is him. But man can have peace with men. Well, if there are, are relationships that, 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 that are, that are uh, uh, away from each other and, 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 and at odds with one another, those can be repaired through Christ. Well, you, man can't have peace with men, and you know, we live in a world of conflict that wants peace. It's a talking point. When are we going to have peace? When are we going to have peace? When are we going to have peace? Uh, as, as we find out, every generation, you can't buy peace. You can't, the best intentions don't get peace. Well, why don't we just determine that we're all going to get along and meet in the middle? That's not peace. That's compromise. That doesn't bring peace. It brings more conflict. The only way men can have peace with men is the Lord Jesus Christ. The day will come when Christ will return. His enemies will be vanquished. The devil will be cast into the lake of fire. He will rule and reign forever. Man can't have peace with men. Number four, I find they praise him for, for, for his goodwill. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. God would be justified in destroying this world. God would be justified in banishing every one of us to that horrible place called hell, except for Christ. The, God sending His Son was the greatest goodwill towards man. Do you realize, think with me for a moment, through the, through, the, through the beginning of time, through the creation of man, how man has always wronged God. There were men in that day that obviously would deny God, who would crucify Him. And friend, make no mistake about it, that if He did not come as the conquering king the second time, they would Crucify him again. But I'll just throw this in. It's going to be much different the next time he comes. But it was good will toward men. The most famous verse in the Bible, you know what it is. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave 
His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. Boy, praise Him for His good will. Friend, have you thought lately about how much God loves you? And let's, let's be honest, life's not going to always work out like we'd like for it to work out. Maybe you, you, you get in this place in your mind and say, well, if God loved me, why did he let this happen? I would counter that every time with goodwill toward men. I can't explain why God allows things to happen. I can't explain other than he gives man a free will. A lot of the things we deal with is because of a man's free will, because of sin and that sin nature and what sin has done to this world. But praise him for his good will toward men. God's love to us and toward us. Boy, these shepherds, we know the story. Verse 15, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Friend, I think the best thing you and I can do, having received Christ's salvation, well, we ought to make known abroad what Christ has done. The fact that God sent his son to man. The angels' song of praise. Friend, I hope with this, of course, this, this time of year, Christmas season, and as we looked at these little songs from Luke 1 and Luke chapter 2, and certainly the angels' song of praise. Well, I'm reminded of what the Lord told his disciples, that if that the rocks would cry out, if we did not give praise. Friend, I, I don't want the angels to praise more than I praise. You know, one thing about the angels, and I, and I know God didn't give them a free will, and I know, and, and that makes us unique and special to, to our Lord. But man, I, I, don't, I don't want to, I don't think there's a complaining section of the angels. That would be the base section probably, but you know. Let's be a people of praise. We say it, Jesus is the reason for the season. It's true. But sometimes we hear those sayings that come around, be on a Christmas card, be on a social media post. I'm not, it's true. I'm not against sharing that message. But let's have all of our focus be focused on the fact that he came. Why he came. He is the greatest gift. How many of you believe that? Oh, he is. You think Christmas is coming and everybody has their traditions. I love to hear people's different traditions and the way they do things. And I like the traditions that we have. And, and uh, boy, you see that child get that 
gift that they wanted. It means so much. And they, oh, thank you, thank you, mommy, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And and you know, sometimes when they don't say thank you, it's like, well, that's I got the receipt. That's going back. You know, you need to be, you need to say thank you. And, and, and going to the, the different Christmas, you, coach, different Christmas parties, coach, you make sure you say thank you. Now, when they give you a gift, make sure you think, say thank you. You know, that's the wife to the husband. Now, make sure you, make sure you say thank you. Boy, that, that gratitude, I just got to say thank you. I just got to say thank you. I just got to say thank you. And friend, God has been good to us by sending us his son. Boy, heaven's going to be in a, we can't fathom how wonderful heaven's going to be. We're going to bump into some incredible people in heaven. We think of these stories. We think of John the Baptist, who we only referenced in the last couple of weeks as that, as that babe. But certainly we know what Jesus thought of John the Baptist. None greater born of woman. What a statement. We're going to bump into John the Baptist in heaven. Mary, promise you, Mary's not being worshipped in heaven. Mary is doing the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary is there because she got, she was redeemed as well. Nobody, Mary's not answering prayers. We're going to bump into Mary. Zacharias, something tells me that Zacharias, while he was mute for that short time, something tells me that he's going to have a lot to say. As we think of all of that, we're going to bump into the shepherds in heaven as well. What a story they have to tell. And I know there will be no pride in heaven, and I know it will all be about the Lord. And I don't know exactly how it's going to be, but, man, I'd like to hear their account of what happened on that day. And that group of shepherds, just like there is with every group, there's the one storyteller, you know. You're thinking of who it is in your family, and your little group, and your little there's that one storyteller. No, no, we like this. Well, what a story they had to tell. Oftentimes, I think we read of stories like Zacharias and God coming and sending that angel. Mary and God sending his angel. The shepherds and God sending his angel. God sending his son so that they laid eyes on him. Friend, it's no less significant than the first time you heard the fact that Jesus came to pay for your sins. Remember the first time you heard that clear presentation of the gospel? How the Spirit of God worked in your life? Heaven will reveal the circumstances that went into you being in that exact place, the circumstances in your life taking place that your heart would be soft and sensitive to the Spirit of God. The work of salvation truly is a miracle. Let's be thankful for Jesus. Are you thankful for your salvation tonight? Are you thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, let's have more joy in our heart, more joy in our life in the weeks and months and year to come. You know what this world needs to be reminded of? Christ came, and he's coming again. You need to be ready for him to come. There's many who did not believe in that day because they weren't ready for him to come. There's many who will not be ready when he comes again. Now, let's tell. Let's tell others of what 
Christ has done for us.